Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the 27th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. You must have heard of my career as a practicing Jew, how merciless I was in persecuting the church of God, how much damage I did to it, how I stood out among other Jews of my generation, and how enthusiastic I was for the traditions of my ancestors. Then God, who had specially chosen me while I was still in my mother's womb, called me through his grace and chose to reveal his son in me so that I might preach the good news about him to the pagans. I did not stop to discuss this with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to see those who were already apostles before me, but I went off to Arabia at once, and later went straight back from there to Damascus. Even when, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and stayed with him for fifteen days, I did not see any of the other apostles. I only saw James the brother of the Lord. And I swear before God that what I have just written is the literal truth. After that, I went to Syria and Cilicia and was still not known by sight to the churches of Christ in Judea who had heard nothing except that their one-time persecutor was now preaching the faith he had previously tried to destroy and they gave glory to God for me. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. O Lord, you search me and you know me. You know my resting and my rising. You discern my purpose from afar. You mark when I walk or lie down. All my ways lie open to you. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. For it was you who created my being knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you for the wonder of my being, for the wonders of all your creation. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. 
Already you knew my soul. My body held no secret from you. When I was being fashioned in secret and moulded in the depths of the earth. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat down at the Lord's feet and listened to him speaking. Now Martha, who was distracted with all the serving, said, Lord, do you not care that my sister is leaving me to do the serving all by myself? Please tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, he said, you worry and fret about so many things, and yet few are needed. Indeed, only one. It is Mary who has chosen the better part. It is not to be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so we're going to be reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Galatians um, over the next few days. Um, And isn't there a beautiful line coming uh, at the beginning of the letter here? He says, Then God, who had specially chosen me while I was still in my mother's womb, called me through his grace and chose to reveal his son in me so that I might preach the good news about him to the pagans. Now, you know, let's remember Paul's history. Um, Paul, before he received his name, Paul, was Saul, you know, the one who was vehement in persecuting the early Christians um, and who thoroughly approved of St. Stephen's martyrdom. What a turnaround. And yet, while that turnaround appears a surprise to everyone, God is the one who had called Paul right from the very beginning, as, as he says, while he was still in his mother's womb. There's something truly extraordinary, truly beautiful about God's holy providence, the way that history unfolds according to his plan. I mean, Paul has this amazing turnaround on the road to Damascus where he encounters the risen Christ who asks him, you know, well, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He's like, well, who the heck are you? I'm Jesus and you're persecuting me. And look at how important Paul becomes in the history of the early church and, you know, subsequently key to all of us. I mean, if you stop and think about it, Paul, you know, as the apostle to the Gentiles, is probably responsible for the faith of most of us. I mean, if we could trace back the line of faith from us to our parents, to our grandparents, to all of those who'd passed on the gospel, my guess is most of us would probably land right at St. Paul's preaching to the early church, to Galatia and Ephesus and Thessalonica and Athens and Rome. I mean, what a vocation. How extraordinary. And I tell you what, when you read Paul, you find a man who's determined. He's got stamina. He's got guts. Um, And nothing holds him back. There's no 
discouragement or challenge that keeps him from fulfilling the mission that's entrusted to him. He's always looking for what else? What next? What do I need to be doing? A life poured out, lived out in faithful response to the vocation which he'd been given. God, who had specially chosen me while I was still in my mother's womb, well, if God's chosen him, he's going to respond with a wholehearted and full-throated yes. And what a way to live. Life on purpose. Life with a mission. I know that I'm for something and something that's bigger than me. You don't see Paul trying to cram his life full of comforts. You certainly don't see him trying to win the approval of crowds. He's not interested at all in worldly honours. He's not captured by the need for status or for wealth. He's just free. Free to do what God is asking him to do. You see a man who really is in love. This idea of having been chosen from his mother's womb, is that something that is unique to Paul? Okay, the content and mission that he received, of course, yeah, that's unique. That's for him. But does God give me a vocation still from my mother's womb? And perhaps even something as unexpected as what Paul encountered. Now, you're not going to be surprised to hear that, of course, God has a vocation for each one of us, and one that was entrusted to us even from our mother's womb. Um, But let's consider for a second the shape of what this vocation actually looks like. First off, the ultimate vocation that God has entrusted to us is the call to holiness. He wants us to be in his image and likeness, And he has come in order to sanctify us. And that means that we all receive this one vocation. And this vocation is fulfilled in love. That's what makes us like God. That's what makes us holy. And so every vocation is going to be a vocation fundamentally grounded in love. In making a gift of oneself. But what does that look like for each one of us? How is that lived out day to day and practically? Well, that's where we receive a personal vocation. Yeah, God gives us this great goal of becoming holy, but but Lord, how do I do that? I mean, like, how do I do that? In my day-to-day life, in what's given to me, in the place and circumstances in which I find myself, and that's where My vocation to holiness actually finds concrete expression in my particular vocation. Now, I think when we hear those words, we often, you know, sort of jump immediately to the conclusion, well, you know, you've got different vocations, you've got marriage and family life, you've got the priesthood, you've got religious life, you've got consecrated single life. um, And, you know, my vocation is going to be one of those. And it's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, you know, My life is going to take a definitive turn at some point. But my vocation to holiness starts today. I can live that today, right now. I think sometimes for young people, particularly, you know, when they haven't entered into that definitive state of life yet, of, you know, marriage or holy orders or whatever, 
um, you know, there's that temptation to think, well, my vocation kind of, it hasn't started yet, or I'm in my pre-vocation period of my life. And it's like, mm, nah, not, not really. Our gospel becomes an interesting little corrective to that kind of attitude, I think, because, you know, we've got Martha on the one hand who's busy, 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 and then Mary who's sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. And she's the one who has chosen the better part, to stop and to listen. Why? Because the Lord is speaking. That's what a vocation is. A vocation is a calling. It's it's Jesus addressing me. And so I I need to stop and I need to listen. And if we think that that vocation only happens momentarily, you know, oh, I found out that, you know, I need to get married or I found out that, you know, Jesus wants me to join the seminary. Uh, But after that, I can go back to my old life and be busy, busy, busy. It's like, no, 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 no. Our vocation to holiness is our vocation to listening to the voice of the Lord and responding generously. That's not simply a once-off. That's an everyday thing. So let me give a little suggestion. And I think this works for young people who are discerning a vocation, uh, but also for the rest of us who are, you know, well and truly living out our vocation already. To see our call as something daily. So. When we get up in the morning and when we get busy about our morning prayers, to take a moment and to look over the day that's ahead. No doubt I've got some plans. I've got some appointments that need to be done. I have a general idea of where I'm going to be and who I'm going to meet. Lord, what is your call for me today? And how can I respond in love in what's going to unfold What are you going to ask me to do, Lord? And how can I respond most generously? And then ask God's blessing over the day ahead. And then set out and do it. And then when you come to your evening prayers, to have a little examination. Lord, what happened today? How did I expect my day to unfold? And what actually happened? Did I respond to you in the most generous way that I could? What about today was a surprise and was unexpected? What was an inconvenience or a struggle or a difficulty? And did I manage to respond to your call for me to be holy today? Now, that's going to look very different for uh, a wife with young kids than it is for me, who's a priest with No kids, obviously. Our particular vocations are different, and yet the Lord Jesus is speaking to each one of us. There's a time to be Martha, no question. But gee, don't we also have to be Mary in this moment, to sit at the Lord's feet, to hear his call, and then to respond? You know, we have the benefit of looking at the life of St. Paul as a unitary whole, But he lived his life day by day. Each day was a response to Jesus. Each day for him was a yes. Not just the day when he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, but every day after was a generous yes to what Christ was asking of him today.
At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.